What's up, Lucy and Benny? Welcome to episode 9 of the LB Content Podcast. Today, we are going to be doing something pretty fun. Um, it's going to be a different kind of episode than we've seen so far, but it's going to wrap up the last of the kind of four-day cycle that we're moving into, um where we have the little chat, the verses, the Bible bedtime story, and then what we're about to have today, which is going to be a segment called History Time, and um, I'm pretty excited about it. So, to go ahead and jump in, today's topic is something that I know that you and Benny are very passionate about, um, which is, drumroll please, Rubik's Cubes. So today we're going to be going over the history of Rubik's Cubes, um, which I'm sure you're somewhat well-versed in, but, you know, it was an interesting topic to talk about, so we're going to go ahead and start there. So this is, uh, this reading content is brought to you by the Smithsonian Magazine, and with that said, let's jump in. So, this is a brief history of the Rubik's Cube. Nearly half a century after its humble invention, the cube continues to be a global sensation. What's the secret? And, once again, credit to Hope Reese from the Smithsonian Magazine. Um, Alright, let's hop into it. So, in the spring of 1974, a young Hungarian architect named Erno Rubik became obsessed with finding a way to model three-dimensional movements for his students. After spending months tinkering with blocks of cubes made from wood and paper held by rubber bands, glue, and paper clips, he finally created something that he called Buvos Kaka, or Magic Cube. The invention eventually renamed the Rubik's Cube, would become the most popular puzzle toy in the world, with more than 350 million sold as of 2018. The cube also inspired numerous artworks and films and spawned a competitive sport called speed cubing that fills arenas with teenagers racing to complete the puzzle in the shortest amount of time. But at the start, no one was more stunned about the runaway success of the cube than its creator, as he explains in his new book, Cubed, The Puzzle of Us All. The impact of the cube has been, quote, much more interesting than the cube itself, Rubik said in an interview with On Dark. The book, he said, is about trying to understand its popularity and why people love it. At first glance, the cube seems deceptively simple, featuring nine colored squares on each side, In its starting state, which each side is a uniform color, red, green, yellow, orange, blue, or white. To solve the puzzle, you must twist the cube so that eventually each side returns to its original color. The challenge is the astounding number of potential variations, more than 43 quintillion of them. To master the cube, you must learn a sequence of movements that can be performed in successive order, the subject of several best-selling books, as well as online tutorials and the evolution of the cube from a 3x3x3 shape to larger 4x4x4x5x5x5 variations offer different complicated mathematical principles of group theory. Rubik initially believed the cube would appeal to those with science, math, or engineering backgrounds and was shocked when, quote, it found its way to people whom 
would never have thought might be attracted to it. End quote. He writes, In March 1981, the cube landed on the cover of Scientific American, where Pulitzer Prize-winning scientist Douglas Hofstadter, author of Godel, Urscher, Bach, called it one of the most amazing things ever invented for teaching mathematical ideas. The cube struck Hofstadter as paradoxical, he said in a phone interview, since it can be used as a tool to teach group theory or symmetries of objects. Any twist of any face, clockwise 90 degrees, counterclockwise 90 degrees, or 180 degrees, is a group element. And so there are ar- and so are arbitrary sequences of twists, he later explained by email. Sitting on the patio of his home in the hills of Budapest, Rubik, now 76, fiddled with a cube as he recalled its discovery and accidental success. He prefers the word discovered rather than invented, as if the existence of the object was somehow preordained. After creating the cube, he explained he was faced with a second challenge how to solve it. At the time, he had no idea if his cube could even be put back into place, let alone how fast, and it took him a full month to solve his own puzzle. It was incredibly difficult to find your way back or to find your target, just to solve it as a combinatorial problem, he said. And I was without any background for that because I was the first who tried. Rubik describes cubed as the product of a hermit who is coming out of the shadows. He refers to himself as a concrete intuitive thinker and an amateur inventor, but like his invention, he defies categorization. His resume stints as a professor, architect, designer, editor, and now writer. Rubik takes pride in his ability to self-teach and bristles at the idea that those in authority are in the best position to impart knowledge. His application to the Hungarian Patent Office in 1975 called the cube a spatial logic toy. At the time, Hungary was behind the Iron Curtain, and it would remain a communist-controlled Eastern Bloc state until 1989. As Rubik writes, the country had no particular affinity for toy production. Back then, puzzles were just a small piece of the overall toy market, and you could only find them in souvenir and specialty shops. And thinking of a puzzle as a toy was a novel concept. It appeared in Hungarian toy stores in 1977 and was featured in international toy fairs such as the 1979 Neumannberg Toy Fair, where it was spotted by Tom Kramer, a marketer who bought the concept to Ideal Toy Company in the United States. By the early 1980s, the cube was featured in American TV commercials and advertising and began began became the star of an animated series in 1983 called Rubik's The Amazing Cube. The cube's success appeared to be short-lived. In 1982, the New York Times declared it had become passé and labeled it a fad, an assertion that would not stand the test of time. The cube was far too eternal, far too amazing a structure for people to lose interest in it. Hofstadter said. And while interest in the cube dropped, it has recently picked up again, as director Sue Kim illustrates in her new documentary, The Speed Cubers. As a cubing mom, Kim began shuttling her son to cubing competitions and became fascinated with the global popularity of the puzzle, 
Kim documents the way kids are mastering an analog tool using tools of the digital age, YouTube tutorials, articles, and more, and creating online communities around their love of the cube. I actually think it's found a new niche in popular culture because of its immersion within the digital landscape, Kim said via video chat. Hofstadfer has heard of speedcubers and think it's fitting that the object has endured. It's absolutely deserved, he said. It's a miraculous object, miraculous, marvelous invention, a beautiful innovation, a deep invention. For all of its appeal to mathematical logic and skill, the broad popularity of the cube may be rooted in the nearly limitless number of possible solutions. That is one of its most mysterious qualities, Rubik writes, the end turns into new beginnings. So that is the article. Um, and that is going to wrap up this episode of the LB Content Podcast. Um, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode 9. You've successfully made it to day 3 of June. Um, and of course day 9 of this whole adventure. But I am just so excited to, you know, to be sharing this with you. And I hope that you and Benny enjoyed it. I love and miss you both so much. I can't wait to see you when I get home. I hope that you stay safe. And I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Good night.